0: Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Protection Dog Podcast, where we offer an alternative to conventional dog training methods and philosophies. I'm your host, Joel Riles, and today I think I'm going to do a little bit shorter episode. This is a little off the cuff. I usually have uh, kind of my bullet point notes because uh, when I do my, um, when I get onto a topic, I tend to run on to these little rabbit trails. And these little tangents and uh, so but I don't do very well scripted so what I do is I make bullet point notes of the the things I want to cover and uh, when I run off on a little tangent I can glance back at my notes which are usually on my iPad right behind my phone on my dashboard and I can go oh yeah that's what I was talking about and then I can come back on the topic but uh, I haven't recorded in a couple weeks I, I normally record uh, quite a few within a week or two and then I edit those and I scheduled them out and all that good stuff um, So I'm a little off of my routine and I had a situation with a client the other day that I wanted to go ahead and address and uh, This will probably end up being explicit just because I'll probably get pissed off while I'm talking and start cussing Which is fine because I kind of like doing that every once in a while and if you don't like it Then you can go ahead and skip this episode So basically what happened was nothing wrong with the client per se um, and really nothing wrong with her dog this is going to be uh, a bit of a rant about the sport world and some of the problematic Training and behavior that comes out of that that world Uh, Because that's what happened uh, with this client. So um I've got probably thirty or so people that train with me every week, and uh, here locally in the Orlando area, and they're they're part of my um, just my regular trainees, right? They some of them uh, do bite work with me. I have about twelve that do um, solid bite work with me, and then I um, have about eighteen or so more, eighteen to twenty more that uh, attend very regularly. And they, uh, sorry, I have some kind of weird backup here. I think people try to drop their kids off at school, and um, and so one of uh, my clients has a friend. Uh, this friend of hers has three Malinois, and according to her, uh, I only met the one dog, but according to her, they're all you know fairly decently trained. Um, and she was, but she was having issues with the one male. He's about a year old. And the one male was starting to become aggressive. And he was biting um, at their other dogs. he They have a, a person who, like, rents a room from them in their house. So there's the lady and her husband. Uh, they have a child. And they have four dogs. Three Malinois and a Chihuahua. So go figure on that dynamic. But I married my wife and she had a pit bull. And I normally wouldn't have a pit bull. And we love Paisley. Um, but she's kind of out of the... She's, she's like, not in the group of the other dogs, right? She kind of is now, but she, uh, she's the elf dog. So maybe that's something like that happened. Who knows? But the, the main issue they were having was this, the roommate guy, the guy that would rent a room from them would, uh, come home and this male dog would basically want to, want to bite him. And she's like, if I don't like hold him back and correct him and blah, 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 he wants to bite my roommate. And, uh, so, but she didn't tell me that she was doing sport training with the dog. Which I don't know if she like felt like she couldn't or if she just felt like it, it wasn't important. I don't know why that piece of information was left out. But I talked to her on the phone. And then um, because there's aggression issues, she wanted to come out and start training with us. Whenever I have a dog that's not like six months or younger um, that has aggression issues, I'm like, we always need to start off with a private class because I don't want... Um, hey, cut it out. I don't want my... Um, other clients having their dogs or get one of them bit because somebody couldn't control their dog, right? And sometimes the issues aren't nearly as big as they make out and sometimes they're like Well, you're a total fuck up and you just need to get rid of this dog because you've screwed it up and you're not willing or or uh, brave enough, you know You're too scared of your dog or you're not willing to do what it takes to correct this behavior now And so I'm not I'm not going to work with people who aren't willing to correct the behavior if they have an aggressive dog, right? So we always start off with a private class. And uh, and so she shows up. Um, she's got her Mally. Uh, the obedience in the Malawa was very good. You could tell that they've done a lot of work. Uh, so I presume her other two malawas have similar obedience. Uh, one is older and one is a little bit younger than this one. Supposing no problems with those two. It's just this one. And... Uh, so I just kind of want to see how the dog behaves and I have her put it up on a table uh, that we have for training and I just kind of come up and just gently touch the dog's hindquarters you know just like I'm I'm petting it but um, but not like it was just a real gentle touch it wasn't much pressure to it or anything like that but also not like you know ooh, I'm afraid I'm not going to touch you right it was just a a gentle laid my hand on its hip and just kind of brushed it across the hip right and the dog came after my hand so i said you know i explained the corrections and and what needed to happen and she said okay and she um she proceeded to correct the dog a couple times and i was kind of watching this dog and i'm going this dog does not have the normal um resistance to biting something so and you've heard me talk about this before where um You know, if you don't train a dog to bite, to fight a person under high stress, they're probably not going to do it, right? Well, I could see in this dog's eyes, like it was targeting my hand. And, um, and so I asked her, I said, have you done bite work with this dog before? And she goes, oh yeah. And now I was not mad at her. Um, but I was like, all right, now I'm fucking pissed because I'm like, Has he done whoever? I said, I don't even want to know who you train with because I don't fucking care. What I care about is, are you doing the tugs and all that kind of stuff? She's like, yeah, yeah, that's how we do it. I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. Because you brought this dog out into bite work. I don't necessarily think the methodology is the greatest, but you still, the dog's been awakened to the world of biting a person. And whoever the fuck you trained with, and I don't care who it is, because it's the whole philosophy of the fucking sport world, They didn't do stabilization with this dog because, oh, it won't be as hard. Well, that fucking dog couldn't handle stress to begin with. So it's not hard. They didn't do this dog any favors by not doing stabilization with it. What they did is they made an unsafe dog who now has a very high likelihood that it's going to injure somebody, and in this particular woman's case, injure somebody who's close to them. So this is why most people in the sport world that are in the the competition sport world that are like trying to compete, trying to have the dogs that are quote-unquote hardcore dogs, which is a bunch of fucking bullshit because every time I have those dogs, they can't handle stress. But anyway, like I said, I'm going to get pissed off here. So whoever it is that trained this dog to bite did not put any stabilization into this dog. And for whatever reason in the dog's brain because dogs have dog brains, they don't have human brains. They're not humans, they can't think like humans. And for whatever reason in this dog's dog brain, it felt like it needed to bite everybody. It had had gotten some level of anxiety, whether it's a breeding genetic thing or whether it was some situation that happened to it, and either one can create these issues. And it decided it needed to, to defend itself against everybody. And so it was being very, you know, aggressive. And uh, so I said, all right, off the table, out into the field. I went and got the jacket so that I could actually like, do, take normal bites off the dog. Um, and we didn't do any bite building. All we did for basically an hour and a half was stabilization. And the dog made huge progress in this hour and a half. It was still not anywhere close to what I would call a stable dog. Uh, Because you're not going to get that in one session. But it made huge progress. And I'm like, if you fucking think that putting stability into a dog is going to make it weak, then you fucking suck as a trainer. You suck and you need to get out of the training world. Because you are a worthless fucking human being. And it wouldn't hurt my feelings at all to find out that you got in a massive car accident and died. Because you're training dogs that are going to hurt people. And not bad guys, they're gonna fucking hurt little kids and roommates and other dogs and people they shouldn't be fucking hurting because you're a fucking moron. dumbass motherfuckers. You all deserve to be beaten unconscious and have your head stomped on the concrete if that's what you do. You are the dumbest motherfuckers I've ever met. Now I'm not saying all sport people are like this. I have met sport people who do stability with their dogs and they teach their dogs leave it and all that kind of stuff. And I may not agree with the full methodology that they're doing, but they understand the need to stabilize a dog that can bite, that can bite humans and that it does it when it's told and it doesn't do it when it's told not to. And so if you're doing that, no worries. I mean, we can have a discussion on whether your methods are working or not, if you want to, or if you're having issues or whatever. Um, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to chat with whoever. So if that's you, I don't care. <clears throat> but there was a local guy that trains law enforcement here in Orlando that had one of his clients come out to me. This was, I don't know, six months ago now. And I basically chased the motherfucker off the field because he was a dumbass asshole. Um, wasted my time four times in a row, like 45-minute phone calls. Oh, yeah, I'm coming out to class. I'm coming out to class. did that four times. The time he finally comes out, he's fucking late and he has no control over his dog at all. i just like, get the fuck off my field before I kill you. So <clears throat> I was pretty pissed off that day. So anyway, but then he apparently ran back to his trainer who he supposedly wasn't happy with. And the guy was like, Hey, what's the whole point behind that? Like, tell your dogs not to bite shit. And I I didn't even respond to him. Because I'm like, you've supposedly been training for 20 years. You supposedly train all the law enforcement dogs in the area. And you don't fucking understand the reason for stability? You're a fucker. I mean, just go die somewhere. I could care less about you or your whole life. Don't ever talk to me again. And stop doing what you're doing because I guarantee you there's been four or five bad dog bites from dogs that guy's trained. I wouldn't be surprised to find out there's been 15 or 20 of them. This guy's a total fucking moron. Dumbass. Now, can he make a dog that can bite hard? Probably. Because that's the easy part. That's what gets me. Is these idiots, assholes, don't understand it's easy to fucking make a dog bite things. That's the easy part. It takes work to stabilize it, to have control over it. Just like a lot of my clients come from, there's this other trainer, I'm not gonna say their names, here in the Orlando area that almost all my clients have trained with at some point. Like, unless somebody found me when they had a puppy, right? They, they've almost all trained with this guy. And he meets in this dog park, and they have all these obstacles or whatever, you know, little tunnels and jump overs, A-frame type stuff, and, you know, all these little things that you see in the little dog agility classes and all that, which is, it, that part's fine. Um, I mean, I like the bigger stuff that's a little bit more challenging for the dogs, but I don't care. That part is okay. The part that's I don't get at all is this guy just has these dogs run around the field and do the stuff, right? Do, like, the jump over and the back and forth little... Slalom things that they do I don't find any use in that Other than If you want to do the competitions And jump over the A-frames And you know Whatever it is that they're doing And he just has them Do it at top speed Right And I'm like That's the fucking easy part Getting a dog to do all that stuff Is easy Having control of your dog While you're doing that Is hard And I've got Several clients who They're You know They're just women Who aren't quite as strong They have really high driven dogs And And their dogs are just they're freaking nutso to go do these things because they they trained there for years before they came to me. And so these dogs just want to race through all the obstacles as fast as they can. And I'm like, that's not control. That's just your dog doing shit. Right? And if you want to let your dog have free time and they want to run around and do that stuff, that's fine if you can call them out of it. And if you when actual control control like I require if you're gonna do bite work with me is when you're on an obstacle a lot of times the dogs run these obstacles really really fast right and they do them really fast most of the time because there's a fairly decent amount of stress associated with the obstacle and you can find out if the dog is stressed in the obstacle by telling the dog to wait in the middle of the obstacle and see how they react that weight right most of them won't do it in the beginning uh, especially without a lead and so you put a lead on them and you tell them you know you start doing whatever it is go through the tunnel usually the tunnels aren't super uh stressful that's more of the thing they like but some kind of crossover uh going over an a-frame have way to the top of an a-frame uh walking across a ladder or a crossover and then saying wait and just see if they wait number one see if you can just say it and they do it right uh, because a lot of dogs are so focused on the the stress, the, the obstacle itself requires so much of their mental energy uh, to do, like the tight ropes, when we're doing the tight ropes with the dogs. That's uh, a good example. And they're like, you know, the ropes are wobbling side to side, they're bouncing up and down, they're very narrow, um, they've got to find their footing, all that kind of stuff. And so there's a lot of, of mental concentration and a lot of stress associated with crossing on the ropes. And uh, I say, without a lead, just tell them wait. Because if they'll just stop and stand there on the ropes, they're actually really stable. Once they've got all four feet on the ropes, and they're just they're just standing there, the you know the ropes are fairly stable at that point. And um, it's when they gotta pick their feet up and move, they've gotta adjust weight back and forth and all that kind of stuff. So I say, just tell your dog to wait, and ninety percent of the dogs just keep going they're so, they don't even hear. See, that's the thing is, it's not like they're being disobedient at that point. They've not been stress inoculated for that particular level of stress, so they don't even hear the client. They don't even hear their handler, right? Their handler says a command, and they, it doesn't even register for the dog because they're so intently focused on what they're trying to do. So, um, So the dogs haven't been stress inoculated for that, right? And again see this is one of those tangents that i went down oh we're talking about control so you got to have control over your dog if you have a dog that can injure somebody i think everybody who has a dog that can injure somebody which is pretty much any dog over the size of a chihuahua and even they can give little nips but they're not going to break a bone or anything like that typically they bite you in the hand i guess they could tear a ligament or something but you should have enough control over your dog that if it's doing something it shouldn't you can tell it to stop If you have a dog that's been trained to bite, you need to have a much higher level of control, because now you as the handler have decided to train a dog that can injure people, and you have to control that, right? Just like a lot of the people that are into the martial arts, a lot of what they teach their students is the control aspect, right? So if you're afraid, we give you confidence, but then we teach you to control that. If you're a nervous person, we teach you discipline, and that discipline develops control. Control is extremely important for anybody and anything that can cause injury to another person. Um, it's why when elephants are running around in the wild and they kill all the bull elephants, all of a sudden the young elephants start damaging crops and, and crashing into their little huts and destroying their homes and killing people. It's because the, the elephant that could have taught control to the younger elephants is gone, right? So those younger elephants have no control. Now they're dangerous to everything that's around them. And that's typically when they bring the hunters in to to kill an elephant, right? Which everybody whines and complains about. But mismanagement by people has established a situation where something that can cause a great amount of harm is running around with no control. So if you're going to have a dog that can bite you must have control over that dog. And to do anything otherwise is gross negligence. And I believe that anybody who does that level of training that does not stabilize their dogs should be liable for gross negligence. Gross negligence is doing something that you know can cause harm to others and not taking measures to protect people, right? So that would be something like drunk driving, gross negligence, training a dog that can bite and then not stabilizing that dog so that it's safe around other dogs and other people is gross negligence. So that's today's episode. If you are training with a person that that's what they do, that they're not stabilizing the dogs. And, and in a nutshell, if you're not like fully grasping what I mean by stabilization, basically you present all the right scenarios, all the right uh, triggers for the dog to bite, uh, except attacking the handler. You don't ever attack a handler in these situations because they can always defend themselves or defend their handler if their handler is attacked by somebody. So that's never part of these drills. Um, and depending on the dog, you can't like go all of the triggers all at once, right? But you're creating these triggers that will draw the dog out to bite and but their handler is telling them no we're not doing that right now no we're not biting you leave it alone okay that is stabilization work and uh and there's a bunch of different ways to do it there's a bunch of different drills that you can do uh some people that i've I've seen doing stabilization i'm like "Eh, well i mean it's something right so and other people are like oh that's a really good drill i'm gonna i'm gonna start doing that one right so it's you know there's some imaginative uh aspects that go into it trying to make sure you pick out the right dogs and or the right drills and all that kind of stuff and and you got to have handlers who are willing or, or trainers that are uh in the suit willing to do what needs to be done to properly bring some of those things out but um but at the end of the day you know even bad stabilization is better than no stabilization right so if but if you're training with somebody and they're not doing stabilization with the dogs they're not telling you all right put the dog on a prong collar or whatever your correction collar is tell it to leave it alone and I'm gonna do things that normally they would be allowed to bite, but they're not allowed to bite. Because you said, leave it alone. I told them, sit at my side and leave it, right? And, um, and if you've never done these drills, in the beginning, your dog's gonna fail. They bite all the time. And I tell my clients, I can always make your dog bite, but I'm gonna do things on the field that you would never let somebody actually do in public with you and your dog, right? If it gets even close to that, you're gonna be like, we're leaving. And, um, and so the situations you actually encounter when you're in public, you're, you're able to have a very relaxed demeanor because you know, oh, we've been way worse than this, leave it alone, you're okay, right? So those are, um, those are my thoughts on that. If you have a trainer that's not doing that, stop training with that person. Or I guess the first thing you could do is say, hey, I think we should do this and see what he thinks, or her, see what they think, right? And if they're like, oh no, dogs won't be hard if we do that, then that person's a fucker and deserves to have their head stopped. And I would stop training with that person. That's my official recommendation. Stop training with the fucker that needs his head stomped. And, um, but if they're open to it and they are like, but I don't really know how to do that, have them call me. I'd be happy to chat with them. And uh, I'm not going to tell them everything that we do here, but I will get them started on the road and they can decide whether they want to continue going down that path or not. So, all right, well, that's it. Um, a little bit shorter, a little bit off topic, a little bit of, of rambling and ranting. Um, but I think that that is a very important topic that needs to be discussed. I may kind of go over this mentally with kind of how I walk through it and, uh, and do a full podcast with, uh, with some more in depth ideas and thoughts and notes and things like that. But, uh, wanted to get that out there and, um, yeah, let me know what you guys think. And uh, if, you're, if you're really offended by how many times I said fucking fucker today, uh, I'm not really sorry. So maybe you can find somebody else to listen to. <laughs> Until next time, remember to train hard and stay safe. Fortress Canine Podcast.